I'm more excited to be talking to you about task management. You are going to love it. We have to accept that tech is coming into the world and we have to prepare our, our pupils for the real world. This method is really a game-changing way of invigilating, to be honest. Welcome to the Surpass Community Podcast. Hello and welcome. I hope you're all well. It's the 12th of March today. Um, this is Tim Burnett with the weekly Surpass Community Update. So first of all, we welcome a new community member. So last week we talked about MBCC, uh, and this week we have the Council for Interior Design Qualifications. Now I caught up with Cornelia uh, earlier this week just to chat with her about um, what it is they're looking to do and how they found us as well as part of uh, their research into surpass and assessment technology. So here's Cornelia. Hi, welcome to this past community. Um, just uh, please tell us a bit more about yourself. Yes, hi. Um, the, I am the exam director at the Council for Interior Design Qualifications. And what we do is we are the North American leader in measuring the competency of interior design practitioners to protect the health, safety and welfare of the public. Fantastic. And just tell me, how did you kind of discover Surpass? What, what, how did you first learn about us? Yeah, I've been um, kind of, I'm, I'm always looking to, to get information and, and um, uh, uh, get myself uh, up to speed on, on different things. And so um, I was actually looking on the Surpass uh, website to, um, to gather some information on, on exam development and ha happened across um, one of your podcasts and um, got, uh, got connected with, uh, with a, a contact there and, and Abby and Amanda and so that kind of kind of started the ball rolling. Fantastic! That's that's really yeah. great to know. Um, it's yeah. great to hear that. Uh, so, just tell me a little bit more about the, the your kind of qualification landscape. How, how does it all work? Sure, sure. Yeah, so we offer one certification, the NCIDQ certification, which really exists of three different sections of the exam that culminate in the, the certification. We have a, a fundamental section, we have a professional section, and then we have a practicum section, which really um, uh, engages alternative item types um, to measure someone's application of their, their interior design um, uh, knowledge and expertise. Um, we, we test about 6,200 candidates a year and have about 33,000 uh, certificate holders. Fantastic. What's, what's your kind of plan then for using Surpass? Because it sounds like a very practical qualification. You know, you're looking to use multiple choice or different question types? Yeah, sure. So for the the first two sections, the fundamentals and the and the professional, we um, those are multiple choice exams. So those are the ones that um, that we've transitioned to um, to surpass, and. Um, We'll really be using it for item banking. We'll be using it for um, item authoring. Uh, we have about 70 or so different um, volunteers that um, that help us with our, our exam development. Um, and then we'll also be using it to to publish exams for, for delivery then with our, our um, test delivery um, uh, vendor. So a couple of different um, different ways that we'll be we'll be using that um, going forward. Fantastic, and do you, you know, I, 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 I'm, my, I'm all about building a community and, and just kind of try to grow innovation and excitement. Do you think that there's a, there's an opportunity for you there with this past community to, to kind of build on your ideas? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that that was one of the, the things that also intrigued um, uh, intrigued me and, and our organization uh, with regard to surpass. I know one of the latest um, updates that that you all um, uh, rolled out was like standard setting and, and mm-hmm. the ability to be able to do that within the platform. And that's something we actually um, have uh, standard setting that we're going to be conducting uh, in May for our three exams. We just rolled out a new new blueprint. So excited to see how that will will work and and also looking forward to um, you know how your technology will evolve particularly um, as we we look at our practicum exam and how that that might change with some of the you know alternative item types and and what we may be able to to see happen um, from that front fantastic so lots of exciting ideas lots of exciting energy and it's great to have uh, yourself and the team cornelia as part of this past community so welcome thank you for speaking to me today it's been brilliant thank you so much so it's great to speak to cornelia there uh, so just a reminder on that then um so you can go to the, our website to read a bit more information about um, what they're planning to do with Surpass, uh, a bit more information about their organization and some quotes there as well. So please do check that out. And that's at surpass.com slash news. Um, it's really some exciting stuff. And we do hope that we've got a few more customers uh, to announce uh, coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, so that's really quite exciting times for us. Next up, we're going to be talking just about spring uh, release. So this is um, a new update that's coming out to surpass very soon. Uh, we did a big pre-release webinar on it, Holly and Tom, a few weeks ago, uh, and they talked about enhancements to item sets. And Holly's just going to give you a bit of a kind of more of a, I take a snippet from the, the webinar. It's going to, Holly's going to tell you a little bit more about item sets, what they are, and how they work within surpass. So over to Holly. So item sets are groups of items that share what we call friend relationships. These friend items, they will always travel together and they'll always appear next to each other in tests. So in Surpass, we also have the concept of item enemies as well, which is just the reverse of this. So if you have two items that, for example, they might give away the answer to one another, you should probably set those up as item enemies. So that just means that they'll never appear the same test together. So really useful for, you know, like for example, if one item does give away the answer to another, you can set them up as item enemies and they'll never appear in the same test. So we also have friend items, which again are just the reverse of that, and they will always be together in the same test. So one thing to remember with items in item sets is that they can share question text, source material, and media. So this actually makes them quite suitable for case study questions where you might have multiple items that are on the same topic and you know share the same question and might share the same source material and resources. So item sets are really useful for that kind of question. But I think the main thing to take away from this is that item sets, you know, any items that you have that share those friend relationships, they'll always be together in tests. So that they're the best of friends, they'll always be together. <laughs> Nice. So the, the <laughs> so the first feature um, obviously involves item sets. So we have had quite a lot of enhancements, as we've mentioned a few times already, to item sets in this release. So the first one we've got is item set comments. So comments as a concept already exists in Surpass. So currently you can add a comment to an item, and that comment will apply to the entire item. 
And you can use that comment to communicate with other users who might also be working on the same item. So really useful for enhancing that communication between different item writers. And it also enhances the quality review process as well. So, you know, just to ensure that your items are at the best possible quality before they're going into a test. So all we've done with this feature is just bring over that functionality that already exists in items and popped it into item sets as well. So I'm going to show you exactly how that works. So I'll just jump into Surpass quickly. And you can see now that I'm working in my item set. And if you are already familiar with adding comments to items in Surpass, then you'll be familiar with this comments icon. So it's positioned in the exact same place as it is in the item screen. So if I just select my comment button, so view and add comments, it now opens the, the comments dialog. So what I would do is if I was an item writer working on this item set, I can write a comment in the text entry field. So this is a comment. I've got a maximum of 500 characters that I can use for my comment. And then when I'm happy with it, I select save. And then I'll save my, my item set. And then what happens is, is that comment will then be saved to my item set. Uh, thanks for that, Holly. That was, uh, it's really great feature and there's lots more to come on that. So you do go to spass.com slash webinars if you want more information about that. Talking of webinars, we have another webinar coming up on Tuesday, and this is where Kat and Andy will be talking about a new, uh, some research they've been doing uh, around dyslexia, and a new font which um, really aids the process of, of reading for people with, with dyslexia. Uh, just as part of a kind of reminder then, here's Kat and Andy talking about the upcoming webinar. Hi, I'm Andy Valley, the Accessibility Team Lead at BTL. And I'm Kat Owens, UX Researcher at BTL. We're putting together a webinar on March 16th around the research we did around accessibility and how the benefits of that will make the SPAS product more inclusive to everyone. This will be a precursor to the Peas in the Pod session that we'll both be hosting at the ATP Innovations in Testing in April. We'd be delighted for you to join us in this webinar and answer all of your questions about accessibility and inclusivity. We'd love for you to be able to join us and we hope to see you there. Really looking forward to that session. We're actually going to be doing it slightly differently than uh, normal. We're going to be using a bit of a networking platform. So the idea is that the session will start at four o'clock as normally planned. Um, you'll go into a space where you can network for 10 minutes with the other delegates. Uh, Andy and Kat will then do their presentation and you'll be able to catch up with Andy and Kat afterwards. And I'm going to open the coffee bar. So if you want to join us for a coffee, um, this is in the form of an e-gift uh, token for a coffee at your favourite uh, vendor, then please do uh, join us. If you go to spass.com slash sign up, uh, you can then register for that uh, webinar. Um, also, just to mention very quickly, we have put on the save the date. I've not made a big song and dance about this yet, but save the date for this past conference, which is going to be the 4th to the 8th of um, October. I'm going to be doing some more uh, publicity around this uh, over the coming weeks, but uh, that's just really just to give you a bit of a heads up that you can also register your interest in that as well. I was in conversation last week with Brian and Jeff. Brian and Jeff run the uh, Beyond Multiple Choice conference, and they were talking about the April event they've got coming up and also talking about the November conference as well. So here's uh, my conversation with Brian and Jeff last week. Jeff, Brian, welcome. I hope you're both well. Pleasure. Great. Yes, great for having 
Excellent. So beyond multiple choice has been, uh, it's, is it three or four years now it's been around? I know last year was the first time, that obviously due to COVID, you went virtual. But I think that's had a bit of a kind of ongoing uh, uh, influence, I think, really for you. So how did November last year go for you, Brian? Yeah, it went well. Like you said, first time virtual. Uh, we had two previous conferences in Washington, D.C., had about an average of 80, 90 people in person, which was great for a startup conference. Uh, but when we did decide to go virtual, we uh, we exploded. So uh, 17, oh, excuse me, 1,600 registrants last year, um, about uh, 800 unique organizations across 43 countries. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, breathtaking to see the numbers and the, and the swell of interest uh, in what's the latest in e-assessment and how our new innovations moving you know, beyond multiple choice is kind of the basic way that assessment tends to get done uh, writ mm -hmm. large. And so a lot of innovation on display. Uh, we got a lot into the challenges that are facing e-assessment uh, all over the world. So uh, we're, we're looking to expand this year and uh, and we already have uh, a lot of uh, footprint uh, moving forward for this Excellent. year. Brilliant. So it's, it's been a great success. And I know when we did it in person, I came to the, the one that was in Washington uh, and it was a fantastic venue, wasn't it? And uh, it, it, but it was, it's been brilliant that it's just like a lot of other events that be the, uh, some of them have just petered out, but beyond multiple choice, past conference, other ones have just really exploded with, uh, with that virtual presence. Jeff, I understand you've, uh, you're organizing an event in April. You want to tell us a bit more about that? Yes, we're doing, first of all, this year, we're doing a one day event uh, in April um, with the, the tagline of assessment challenges for the new decade. I'm really trying to pick up what some of those issues um, and pitfalls and problems and opportunities arising as we come out of the COVID-19 um, pandemic, what impact that has had upon um, the assessment community and the digital assessment community in particular, and how that will pan out as um, a series of expert speakers, um, um, practitioners involved in the business um, will we'll have a look at some of those issues from digital divides through to the emerging technologies and, uh, uh, and how those technologies are impacting on learning, training, teaching and, of course, assessment. Brilliant. So it's one so day event. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. So go on, go on. Yeah, I was saying one day event. It's free to... Um, to enrol for delegates, which is one of one of the uh, uh, plus points we believe encourage a broad spectrum across um, education, from uh, really from the nursery world through um, formal education, university, and then workplace assessment. Uh, and we're again pleased and delighted to see um, participation amongst those delegates already registered from some twenty three countries. So um, broad sweep. Um, large subject, um, and uh, we hope um, an interesting and enlightening time for those who participate. It sounds brilliant because I know when we were, when the, the, with the November event last year, everyone was I suppose talking about how they were coping with the situation mm. um, and the technologies and, and processes that were in place. Now then, it seems that we're talking about what the, the, the kind of immediate future holds with a bit of lessons learned, I suppose, from the past uh, 12 yes. months. And then, yeah. Brian, in November, what's what's the plan that going to be? Is going to be then looking ahead to the future, I suppose, picking up some of the agendas that we were talking about 
before COVID hit? Is that the kind of plan? Exactly. So we'll uh, get together again in early November, the first week. Uh, we're doing it virtual again. It's it's hard to argue uh, to, to go back to non-virtual when we get such great representation. Um, but right, so so this will be uh, hopefully uh, post-COVID uh, lessons learned. But um, retaining that core interest in you know how can we uh, adapt different assessment approaches to the computer environment. Uh, that that is the the strong theme that that pulls through all these conferences and all these discussions, and we really are looking uh, to promote the most innovative new approaches, uh, as well as you know advances on uh, approaches that have worked and that we know have worked, but can now scale, can now help to address the digital divide. Uh, so those will be the themes we'll be looking at in November. Uh, one other uh, point to make: uh, we announced in the past November uh, the creation of a special issue uh, of eLearn Magazine. Uh, that will be coming out this uh, summer. We're going to have a couple of uh, entries as well from the April event. So uh, it allows us to, to get everybody's uh, perspective in uh, that wants to contribute. So for, for November, we're, we're always going to be looking for folks to come and present and talk uh, to contribute to the ongoing special issue uh, and, of course, to sponsor the event. Um, so there's lots of opportunities to get engaged at uh, beyond-multiple-choice.org. <laughs> Excellent. That sounds brilliant. So we'll, we'll share that URL as well with everyone. But thank you, thank you both very much. Uh, some exciting times. Really looking forward to it. Uh, I'll see you in April, and hopefully I'll see you in November as well. And uh, well, stay safe and take care. Thanks, Thanks a lot. And all the best to everybody. Thanks, Jeff and Brian, for that. Uh, Brian just asked me to clarify the URL, so it's beyond-multiple-choice.com uh, instead of .org, uh, so it's worth checking that out. So there's some other notices, really. We've got the e-assessment awards. Now, the deadline uh, was due today, but it's been extended out uh, another week. Karen felt that people just needed just a little bit more time. Lots of submissions have come in, uh, but it just helps with uh, people's workloads at the moment, uh, as it is at a very pressing time. Um, the events, the awards themselves, the plan is for those events to be run in June, the before events. Uh, more information will come out on that soon. Uh, I know because I'm involved as part of the uh, planning committee for that as well. So I'll make as many announcements as I can uh, when that's all public. So ATP Innovations in Testing as well, don't forget, is the 27th to the 29th. And as part of that, we have three presentations. We have Kat and Andy Again, talking just about the research they've done in, in terms of inclusive, uh, inclusive experience. Uh, we have uh, Abby and Steve talking about utilizing technology for the ultimate candidate experience. And finally, we have Chris and Amanda talking about standard setting practices. So it's worth checking that out. Community news then, uh, just some other uh, things that I've spotted on social media. Um, Obviously, this week it's been International Women's Day, um, and I just noted here with uh, Cambridge Assessment, uh, they've been doing some fantastic work, uh, Choose the Challenge, uh, around gender bias and equality. So um, it's really worth checking out their post on that and uh, some great stories there. Um, the Assessment Association have announced the judges, so a little bit of a who's who in the assessment world, so please do uh, take a look at that. Uh, two posts from Alpha Plus, worth of note. Uh, lots normally, but uh, um, this one's particular. So Welsh Government project they've been doing with adaptive uh, assessment for that's for their national reading and literacy, sorry, numeracy tests. 
Uh, it's worth checking that out. And also they've done a bit of a post about remote proctoring. So anyone who is looking at remote proctoring opportunities, um, technology, then it's worth checking out. It's a bit of a guide there. Uh, just another place to look. I've posted this on the special interest group for the e-assessment association, which I look after. Um, on there is a whole host of uh, other resources and, and news items, including the Ofcore one I mentioned last week. So if you go to the e-assessment.com, uh, go under about uh, special interest groups and remote proctoring, you'll find more information there. And then finally, this obviously is not from the community per se, but um, this is about mixed reality and uh, the Microsoft uh, Unity work they've been doing. And this video is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's hard for me to show you, but I will link to it in the show notes uh, on LinkedIn as well. But anyone who is working in the assessment space will know that everyone talks about uh, lots of question types and different ways of interacting with uh, e-assessment engines. And this um, video they've put together just shows all the different uh, methods in which you could uh, engage with augmented reality in a kind of information-based activity. So you've got all sorts of different kind of um, buttons and interactions, presses, swipes, um, and information uh, locations uh, all set around augmented reality. I know we've been talking about remote proctoring a lot uh, recently, and you know COVID has been a catalyst for the uptake of remote proctoring. Um, it's just interesting to see augmented reality and what will happen next with that. So worth checking all those out. Um, if you want any further information, you know where to come. Uh, I'm more than happy to have a chat. And thank you very much. Stay safe. And I'll see you next week. Um, take care. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. To keep up to date with the latest information from our Surpass community, visit Surpass.com. We'll be back with another podcast soon. Thank you for listening.